On this week's episode of the King's Court Podcast, Garrett and I are going to talk about the New York Rangers Traverse City roster, and we finally get into our second ever mailbag. Without any further ado, here's the show. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the first edition of the King's Court Podcast <laughs> since Nam. It has been so long. My name is John Williams, and I'm here with my buddy, Garrett Gartino, who now lives in beautiful Colorado. Garrett, how are you liking it over there so far? How have you been? I have been so good, dude. I can't believe that the time finally came that I got out of bumfuck Tallahassee, Florida, and it is just like it's so beautiful here there's so much to do i'm so exhausted i'm trying to get myself into the mindset that i actually have to live here now and not just vacation here but i'll tell you what like going outside and having it be like 60 degrees in the morning is perfect oh my god is there another home run Brett Gardner, two-run shot, baby. Eight-nothing Yankees. I have him on my fantasy bench. Not very happy about it. But you know what? I need two more runs to hit the over. So I'll be very happy if that happens. I will continue to update you guys on what would be a very old Yankee game by the point most of you listen to this podcast. But that's the important thing here. It doesn't matter how long it takes us in between episodes. We still talk about other sports more than hockey. That's right. That's part of our charm. Let's it be is. honest. I it's mean, our it's, I almost said it's August, but it's early September. Hockey's eventually going to start. Like, it's coming up fast, man. This and it Friday, can't come soon enough. That's right. Traverse City starts this Friday. We'll talk about that on the show. We'll talk about Tony D'Angelo and uh, Brendan Lemieux and what's going to happen with them. They're still unsigned. A um, bunch of other things on the show. And then. The long-awaited mailbag. I put out about two and a half weeks ago on Reddit a mailbag, and we're finally getting to it today because so much has happened. I was sick. Garrett moved. I went on vacation. Garrett started working at the new uh, the new digs today. Um, I, I've been doing this four-hour round-trip commute bullshit for the past three and a half months. So there's that. We were but supposed you know to what? record last thursday and then somehow i ended up getting lost in the mountains for like three hours literally as i parked my car i I didn't have any service driving up the mountain we got to the trailhead and i saw are we still podcasting tonight and then i lost service and i was like (laughs) i was like man john's gonna be pissed (laughs) (laughs) hey listen getting lost in the mountains that's uh you know not the worst problem to have when they're as beautiful as they are in colorado so what's been your favorite thing so far through your first week and a half, just about? Well, I mean, it, it's kind of insane, dude. We were in like the perfect little area. Like my fiance and I, we're like really homebodies. So we, we didn't want to be in the heart of Denver, like in the city. So we live in this outskirt, outskirt town called Littleton. And so from where we are, we are like 25 minutes from the city, 40 minutes from the airport, and then an hour from the mountains so we've got literally everything right around us and 
so that trail that we went on Thursday was called the Silver Dollar Lake Trail. We ended up climbing up to 13,000 feet in elevation. Jesus. It, it was just like, it was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. So you you were climbing and to your right the entire time were these like beautiful lakes. But the, the biggest lake was at the end of the trail, which was about like two and a half miles up the mountain. So we we get to the final thing and it's just like, Dude, it was the most majestic looking thing. And you're obviously in the middle of nowhere. So you're not getting like bombarded with sounds or anything. You're just in the nature. And it was just so gorgeous to be out there. Funny story. We we got to that final lake on the trail and we see a single person tent. And every, like me, my fiance, my buddy and my dad, we were like, is there somebody in this? And my buddy was like, no, nah, like I think that they're out hiking because I, I walked up and I said, hello, 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 and nobody came out. And Michalina was like, I don't think you're allowed to camp over here. And all of a sudden in the tent, there's like a huge commotion. And this this girl comes out and she's like so pissed that Michalina said that she wasn't allowed to camp there. But she clearly was foreign. Like she had an accent like she might have been from like South Africa or something like that. And her her reasoning for camping next to this lake that was probably going to be like 30 degrees by the time she went to sleep was that she had altitude sickness. So she thought the best thing to do was just to go climb higher into the mountains and just get through it. Yeah, as somebody with asthma, I'm pretty sure it's the complete opposite of that. Get the hell out of the mountains. And all she was wearing was a hoodie and leggings. And like I said, dude, it, like when it was still daylight when we were there and it was cold. So when it was going to be dark out, she was going to be dealing with like freezing temperatures, probably fucking coyotes. Like it, the wildlife out here is crazy. We've already seen coyotes, deers, chipmunks, prairie dogs, deer. Like it, it really is like uh, the, my entire drive out here from Florida. I was like, how is this the same country that I've been living in for the last 25 <laughs> years of my life? It's a different world, man. Just wait till the snow happens. I know we're only like a month and a half away. I'm so excited. As somebody who has lived in Jersey my whole life, snow sucks, dude. And you'll learn to hate it eventually. Maybe it's just because Jersey people and New York and Pennsylvania people around them, too, can't drive. Maybe that's what makes snow so bad for me because dealing with fucking people, man, in the snow, not a fun experience. But to that point, to the, the lady in the tent, I really hope, and I know this probably isn't the case, that would be an amazing just like first encounter of a human being in Colorado. Well, she, you know what was funny was she was like... She was like, so how long have you guys been here? And I was like, I moved here last weekend. And she was like, yeah, I just showed up on the 26th. But I think that like after thinking about it, she might have been asking, how long have you guys been on the trail? Because I feel like she was just like planning on staying <laughs> there. You know, like she might. I don't, it, it was very weird. It's cheaper I, than renting an apartment. I did not know what her motive was to be there. It was definitely very strange. I think that she was out there doing some soul searching. Yeah, well, she's uh, going to be searching for a doctor after altitude sickness continues <laughs> to uh, engulf her. But we have to, we're going to need a doctor after the people listening to this podcast uh, beat the crap out of us, pound us on the head, and give us a concussion for not talking about the Rangers. So let's get on to that. So oh, yeah. the Rangers kick off the Traverse City tournament on September 6th, which I believe is 
Friday, right? Um, so they play a 3.30 game. Yes, it is Friday. 3.30 game against the Columbus Blue Jackets to kick it off. Then they play Saturday night at 7 p.m. against Dallas. And then a 2.30 p.m. matinee on Monday against Minnesota. So, of course, you have guys like Capo Caco in the lineup. Joey Keen's there. Adam Huska's in there. Igor Shostorkin, Hunter Skinner, new draft pick. Yurgil Rykov, Matthew Robertson, Tama Renewin, I can't say his name. Yeah. Uh, Kratzov's going to be in there. Adam Fox is playing. I mean, this is probably the most well-rounded Traverse City group that uh, the Rangers have had probably ever. I, I would definitely say that there's probably a 0% chance that any of the other teams in that uh, in that pool are going to have the prospect power that we do this year. I mean, it's, it's kind of crazy when you think about the number of players that we're sending to Traverse City that will more than likely spend time with the big roster this year. I mean, there's at least three with Kaka, Kratsov, and Fox. Maybe you think that Shishjorkin will uh, end up on the roster. I don't know about that. Um, I don't know that Igor Rykov makes it. I think Joey Keane, at the very least, is like a super big long shot to make the roster. But... You have some guys with notable NHL talent and upside on this team. It's going to be very interesting to see how that goes. I have a bone to pick, though. I remember back in the day, MSG used to broadcast this, like legitimate mm-hmm. broadcast. Like They would have Joe Micheletti and Dave Maloney go down, and they'd have it on MSG, whatever. The fact that they, they have this kind of a roster, they know how much excitement is on – you know, guys like Kako, guys like Fox, and then they're not going to send their own broadcast team down there as a joke. It's going to be live streamed. Um, I think their Twitter account probably, but like, I want the full effect. I don't want just some rinky dink live stream. I want an actual broadcast. I know it's expensive. I'm a broadcast, kind of a broadcast major when I was in school. He's in the biz. I'm in the biz, so I understand, but capitalize, guys, capitalize. Yeah, considering the the state of the rebuild and where we're at, you would think that they definitely would be trying to build more buzz about the future of the team. And so I'm kind of confused. Traverse City, is that like, is it an NHL affiliated tournament or like how, how does it even get organized? Because it's not every team in the NHL, right? No. So it's hosted in Michigan, which is where Traverse City is, obviously. Um, so I think the Red Wings put it together or like whatever that rink is. Um, it's I don't think it's an official NHL thing because, like you said, only so many people. The way I think of it is if you – here goes another sport reference NBA Summer League. How now it's kind of everybody's teams play at the Las Vegas Summer League that's nationally broadcast the whole nine. A couple of years ago, you know, only maybe 15 to 20 teams were in Vegas Summer League. You had the Orlando Summer League for a little bit, you had the Utah Summer League. I remember a couple of years ago, the Sixers went from Utah to Vegas. They played in both summer leagues. So I think it's just 
how like a college, like a D three college, would set up their schedule. So they have your you know athletic director call. Okay, so we need a game against you know some other team in the conference. Let me make a phone, couple phone calls, and it's generally these same teams. Uh, you know the Rangers, Columbus, Dallas, Minnesota. All the top of my head, I think St. Louis usually does it every year. The Red Wings do it. Um, Carolina usually does it. I think Carolina might have won last year. Um, if memory serves me correctly. Um, and I think there's another couple teams that do it. Um, it almost it, feels like an extension of like a, uh, like an AAU travel team. You yeah. I, mean? I, I love this shit though. Like I love NBA summer league because it's just like, okay, basketball is still a long ways away, but like at least there's something to watch. Like that's what I love about this. Especially considering, like we've said, look at the prospect pool that's going into the, the tournament. So, it, I think it's a tremendous lost opportunity not to make as big a deal of this as possible. I mean, they've done a lot worse, MSG, uh, and broadcasting. Stupid and do, things. Do all the players in the tournament have to be on ELCs? So, I believe you are not allowed to have played an NHL game. Okay. All right, that makes sense. It would yeah. be why players like Heedle or Howden and them aren't going to be showing up. Did they play in? They played in it last year, though, right? Yes, okay. and they were a massive disappointment uh, in that tournament. But the Rangers generally are a massive disappointment in these tournaments. <laughs> so I'm trying to temper expectations, but it's the first chance to see some of those guys like Fox and Kako in a lineup together. That's exciting, man. Seeing them in Rangers blue. So, listen, uh, I'm going to put on fair expectations on them in this tournament, but to be honest with you, I don't really care. It's Traverse City, whatever. Just let Kako score a few nice goals. Let Kratzoff have a nice game. Have him smile. Like, that's fine. That's all I need. I don't need anything spectacular. But um, the one guy I think I'm going to be watching the closest in this tournament is Shostyorkin. He was a monster in the KHL. Now, you talk to a lot of people when you you know you're talking about NHL versus the AHL and goaltending, and a lot of people will say it's harder to be a goalie in the American Hockey League than the NHL because the defense isn't as good. It's not nearly right. as good. So you know, there's so many weird plays, so many you know. Times where guys are caught in a bad position, so many weird bounces and caroms all over the place. So it's much harder to be an AHL goalie. Um, you know, and you can look at Georgiev's numbers in the AHL; and they weren't that special. I mean, last year I, when I covered Hartford the Phantoms, was so bad. Yeah, oh that too. Uh, last year when I covered the Phantoms, Carter Hart did not look great, and he got called up, and he was very good for the Flyers. So like, yeah, I, I you see this all the time. So I wonder, going from the KHL, which is, I think, many regard as the second best hockey league in the world, maybe third if you want to put the American Hockey League above that, and I think that's fair. There's an argument to be made there. But I'm very interested in seeing with the inexperience on the defense that the Rangers are going to have, I wonder how Shistjorkin's going to perform in front of them, especially, you know, they're only going to have a few days to get to know each other before they start playing games. Right. Well, I definitely think that this is like the time of year that if you want to, you can go into overreaction mode. And the two things that we're going to see, you know, 
the two extremes would be if Shesterkin sucks in Traverse City, there's going to be a huge overreaction. And if people like Kako and Kraftsov blow it up and they, you know, they kill it during the tournament, that's going to get an overreaction. Absolutely. Couldn't agree with you more. And it, yeah, it goes either way. Say Kako and Kratzoff are horrible. People are going to overreact to that too. Oh, I told you they're a bust. I told you the Russian kid was a bust. Should have taken Oliver Wallstrom. You're going to hear Shostyurkin's great. Oh, like put him in that stardom. Get rid of Georgiev. All this other stuff. Up, it goes, and that's, you know, not just the Rangers fan base. That's any fan base would do that kind of stuff, especially when there's literally nothing else to talk about. I mean, we spent a couple, you know, I spent a couple of hours and you did as well, looking up things to talk about. Not a lot is going on right now. So, like, that just comes with the territory, you know, the overreaction. Yep, and I, you know, I think that the other thing is, is you got to remember that this is like the preseason to the preseason. And especially for these guys that are coming, whether it be from the juniors or coming from overseas, they've spent the last, you know, X amount of months just training. So they're getting rust out of their skates. They're, you know, they're getting a feel for the American ice. And it's definitely like it's just a little bit of a transition period for them to get used to their surrounding, get used to playing with, you know, hopefully future teammates. So this tournament, uh, the last game of the regular season part of the round robin format they do is on Monday the 9th. So I believe the playoffs, I believe there's probably a game on the 10th, and probably a game on the 11th. Because the Rangers training camp starts on September 12th. All the players have to report for their physicals and all that fun stuff. Um, So that's going to be something to monitor too. So, I mean, realistically, man, I mean, today we're recording this on September 3rd. Training camp starts in nine days. We've been waiting. I I also think that because of the move, you know, obviously the Rangers has taken a back burner to me. But... It might be for the best that now we've we've had a little bit of a layoff. You know, we can get our minds straight and, like you said earlier, temper expectations and get ready for probably the biggest training camp that we've had in the last decade. Definitely since 2014-15. I mean, that was probably the last big one. You know, you're coming off a Stanley Cup run, like that kind of thing. But since the start of the rebuild, or six, you know, even 16-17, you say, or 15-16. Yeah, probably. Um, it's very interesting. And, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe, you know, we've taken so long off. It feels like we haven't done a podcast since the first term of Obama. But, uh, you know, we're <laughs> back. We're ready to roll and uh, a little refreshed, too. I know both of us have had uh, long days, but it's good. It's good. Um what else is good is that, according to multiple of the beat writers, uh, Brooks, I know, said it and speculated it, and Carpinello has also said it, Lemieux and D'Angelo are both likely to just sign their qualifying offers. The Rangers are going to play hardball with them because they don't have arbitration rights. Listen, I'd love to lock up D'Angelo, um, but the Rangers seem to be content with the roster they have right now. Um, Garrett, are you surprised that there hasn't been, with the exception of Jimmy Vesey, nobody has been dealt? 
I am surprised, but I think that once the Shattenkirk buyout came into play, it it became a little bit more apparent that Gordon was going to take the immediate savings up front and he was going to have to play hardball with his young players. And we were talking about it a little bit before we started recording. I think that really, you know, it, it's going to probably leave a bad taste in both of those players' mouths. But for someone like Tony D'Angelo, I don't think that that's the worst thing for him because last year was kind of a breakout for him. And this year, the opportunity is going to be there for a high-paced offense. And if he becomes a centerpiece of the power play, he's going to definitely have the leverage heading into next offseason to fight for a big contract. But on the other hand, Lemieux, I mean, I, I don't really see, even with the youth movement, I don't see a place for him to be a key player on the roster next year. He's going to be somewhere in between a middle six and a bottom six forward. He's going to play that, you know, tooth and nail gritty style that, you know, goes out there and gives the heart, but he's not going to be putting up, you know, a 40, 50 point season. In my opinion, he's probably going to have the hardest time working his way back from the qualifying offer, which I think is like, it's only like $800,000, right? Yeah. It's, it's not, much relative to NHL player. Damn, I'd sign up for an eight hundred thousand dollar contract. Uh, where the hell is the I'd pen? sign up for? I'd sign up for an eighty thousand dollar contract, it's please and thank sign you. Sign up for an eight dollar contract at this point. <laughs> right, give me whatever you can. Please. Give me a couple Big Macs. Uh, you know, I could be uh, persuaded. Take me to Arby's. Uh, sport breaking news: Jared Goff has signed a four year extension, extension. worth thirty two million a year. Mm. I don't know about that one. He's fine. Well, it's funny because everything is going to get compared to what Dak is going to get. Dak, you saw that Zeke got six years, ninety million today. Oh, is that is that what did he actually sign? No, I don't think it's official yet. But the last thing I saw was that they were close to six years, ninety million. Interesting. We might end up talking a little fantasy football by the end of the show because I mean. How could we not? I haven't told season, you my baby. team yet, so that's good. Good. So we could we could do the team reveals. I have so many fucking teams though. I I've, I'm in four leagues, so yeah. John offered to have me in his league and then rescinded it like 25 minutes later. I was told by my friends. They're like, yeah, we have somebody. I'm like, well, I just found somebody. They're like, oh well, we sent them the the uh, what do I call it? the invite. I'm like, well. There goes that. Hey, but listen, man, next year you can get in. It's the best fantasy football league in the world. But anyway, back to the, the point of this podcast. Actually, I don't even know what the hell the point of this podcast is, to tell you the truth. We've been doing it for 24 episodes now. I still don't know what the hell we're talking about on this thing. The delirium has set in heavy today. That's absolutely right. So... Moving on a little bit. So we talked about Kako and the Traverse City thing, but there was an article by Rob Reese on NHL.com who's uh, taking a look at Kako from a fantasy perspective. And this is the projection that he had um, for Kako in his article. He projects him to play 79 games, score 33 goals, 27 assists, and 60 points, including 15 points on the power play. Garrett, is that too much? To expect, too little to expect, right or now? just right. 
can you see like as you were saying that i so i'm laying in a bed in my spare bedroom and i, I literally i literally sat up and stared at you in awe of the fact that someone would be willing to put that kind of projection on him i think that's a little much dude that is a, a little steep 33 goals for a rook it listen if kako does that You'll see me, uh, you know, dancing around Central Park. Like, I don't think that's happening this year. I, you know, by year two or three, it needs to. He needs to do that. But like, you know, I mean, uh, the way the that's I'm Mister Positivity. Like, you, know, you know, like I, I definitely want to see the bright side on the roster. But you just think about last year, we had one player that you know by a league-wide view met or exceeded expectations and that was the bandage ad oh gary sanchez just took a foul ball off the foot and then the uh the leg he's down gene michael is gene michael no is he the who the hell is the trainer now it might be gene something all right well as long as it's not gene simmons i think we're good but back to what you were saying sorry man the 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 thing that I think about when you put a 60-point projection on a rookie is what is the talent around him looking like? If you if he's going to have a 60-point season, that means that he has to be on the top line all year and be a consistent scorer the entire year. And I just like – I don't know if I see that on from anybody on the roster besides Zibanejad for the upcoming season. Yeah, so um... – What's this guy's name? Rob Reese says that he thinks that Kako's going to play with Kreider and Sabanajad. Um, I could see it. Nothing's going to be given to him, though. There's right. one thing David Quinn has ta- taught us, you know, last year and going forward. You got to earn your playing time. Not saying that he won't, but I, you know, I expect Kako to be on the second line. To start the season, I, the top line, in my opinion, is going to be Kreider, Zibanejad, and Panarin. Not just because they're the three best forwards, but I think Quinn's going to try to have that juggernaut line. Maybe he spreads the wealth out, but you know, listen, the Panarin, Zibanejad, Kreider line might be one of the best lines in the NHL. Yeah, well, and the other thing is, is that like he he's still a rookie. There's very few rookies, and every year that earn their spot. And keep that spot all year. There's going to be games where Kako's glued to the bench for the entire third period. There's going to be games where, you know, he's gelling well on the third line and he only gets, you know, 14 minutes, but they're quality minutes. But it, you know, to get to a 60 point player, there's just like so many things that have to go right. And I mean, I, I'd love to see it, but, you know, let me ask you this do you see a 60 point season from. Kako first or from Heedle first? It's a good question. I like that. Um, I think I think we'll see Kako get it first. I don't think it will be this year though. I think it will be twenty twenty one. Um, I think Heedle will get close. I think Heedle's gonna score like forty five points this year. That would be nice. I which love I'd that. be very happy with. Yeah. Oh, Edwin Encarnacion with the mash. And <laughs> money for John as the Yankees hit the over by themselves. 10 nothing. 
Let's go. Oh my god. Yeah, I wish I was watching this game right now. This is a uh, mash mania over here. Yankees set their uh, franchise record for homers in a season for the second straight year. Absolute craziness. And now somebody has a parrot on the bench. So that's interesting. Yeah, because that's Edwin's. You didn't know that? That's Edwin's thing. He When he rounds the bases, he holds his right arm up. And they say that he's walking the parrot. <laughs> that's hysterical. I love it. I want him back. Uh, I don't know about all that. I love that guy. Um, <laughs> anyway, this might as well just be a fucking Yankee podcast, man. Yankees, uh, NBA Summer League, a, uh, what else? That's you're, absolutely you're fucking right. Fan. Shut up. Um, Big Brother, probably. Yeah, I need to finish Sunday's episode. Um, So, do you have anything else, Ranger-wise, or could we get right to the mailbag? Uh. No, I don't really have anything. The only thing that I like recently saw was like I check Roto World very often because that's what I use for all my fantasy news. That's and right. The last two things that were posted related to the Rangers on Roto World was one was Kreider is hoping to put trade talks behind him, which is like the dullest headline you could ever have. And then the second one was Adam Fox could be power play specialist. Hey, gee, you don't think you think so, asshole? <laughs> like, who wrote these headlines? Like, you know, on. I applied for a job to do that once, and I was like, man, at, I could at do there, this. Roto, Roto World? Yeah. Shit. That would have been a nice gig. You just sit at home and watch games and write recaps of what happened. Real talk, my buddy um, does DraftKings full time. It makes like hundred, like a hundred thousand dollars a year off DraftKings. He gets invited to like all their like down? fancy things. What's that? So does he have a little bit of trickle down for us? Yeah, unfortunately, no. I think he charges people for it. I, we're not close. Like I, he's a friend of a friend, but uh, you know, it's fucking crazy because he quit his full time job. But anyway, it's time for the mailbag. So a couple of weeks ago. Post that on Reddit. Hey, guys, we're going to do a mailbag podcast tomorrow. Tomorrow happened to come two and a half weeks later, um, but we're finally here, and it's time to start this. We got a couple people that submitted to us multiple questions, so uh, thank you very much to you guys. So C. Shules, I believe that's how you pronounce it, um, is his uh, Reddit username. So the first question, do you see Kreider fitting into the long-term plans for the Rangers? Garrett? I mean, <laughs> I mean that's that's a loaded question that I feel like we've been going over for the last three months. Yes, I do see him fitting into the long-term plans. How I don't know. Uh, it definitely seems a lot less likely, considering that we weren't able to free up some cap space and get him extended this summer. But uh, you know, the one thing I keep on going back to is that him and Zabanjad are the marketing pieces for the team. And, you know, he's pretty much, you know, the face of the homegrown talent at this point. And it would be a damn shame to see this team get their next playoff berth without him on it. I said all season long, if Kreider is here at the start of the season, he's going to be Ranger. They're going to re-sign him. They're not, I, I don't think they're going to go into this season and trade him at the deadline like other guys. I think this is the next stage of the rebuild. I think that's a guy you want around. 
um, good leader, great damn player. And his game is one that I think is going to age a little bit better because of his size and speed and his physical condition. I think, listen, give him a six-year contract, and I think for at least four of those years, he's still going to be the same player he is right now. Um, and listen, next year you're going to be able to buy out some of these guys like Stahl that you're going to need to buy out, Brendan Smith, and you're going to be able to save some cap room. So, and then, you know, Longquist only has one more year in his deal. If you can survive the next two years cap-wise, you'll be all right. There's going to be a big spike in the cap in two years when the CBA runs out and the new TV, new TV deal, excuse me, runs out. CBA might also run out, but that's another story. Um, but, I, you know, I think Kreider, if he's here, they want a training camp September 12th, he's going to be a ranger for a long time. Well, um, and you also, like, to your point real quick, like, if you give him a six-year contract, I mean – He's saddled alongside Panarin and Zibanejad for the next six years, more or less, at yeah. that point. You know, like, there, there's been worse tag-alongs to dominant top lines. Exactly. And if Kreider, you know, I'm very comfortable giving him that money in that term. I know some people aren't. I'm very comfortable because he doesn't need to be the guy. You got Panarin. Right. You got Kaka, who should step into that role. Who the hell knows the Filipino and Vitaly Kratzov? Maybe they could be, you know, top tier guys. Pavel Buchnevich has put up better numbers than Kreider through the same age seasons. So, you know, he doesn't need to be the guy. If he could be, you know, your, your third best goal scorer, sign me up for fucking Chris Kreider. Yes, um, sir. So the next one, who is going to step up as the Rangers' second center this season, and why? That's a good one. I really like that. So we've seen a few things, you know, like when you look at people like the people on Twitter that have their projections or if you, you even look at like NHL network, the one thing that I've seen a lot of that, you know, I don't really think it would fit, but we've seen a lot of Ryan Strom as the second center. And, you know, I, I really think that it all depends on how they view the trio of Heedle Anderson and Howden. You know, I, I think that there's a good chance that Heedle's going to end up on the wing long term. I think that there's a good chance that Anderson cannot handle second line minutes. And, you know, Howden, you, you're a big fan of his, but the fizzle at the end of the year, I think that might be a little bit closer to what he is than, you know, the first 20 game stretch that he had. So Strom would be my answer at this point, but if they want to take Heedle back off the wing and see what he can do as a center, uh, he would probably be my second option. Yeah, so worst case scenario is Strom. And Which is that, it's not the worst. That might be the most likely scenario, which is a bit concerning. Scary. Um, who should be the second line center is Brett Howden. Um, but he needs to show a lot more consistency than he did year one. And, you know, rookies hit the rookie wall. It happens. Unless you're a superstar in the making. Even so, I mean, look, Nikita Kucherov didn't light the world on fire his first year in the league. It happens. Um, it's hard to judge a player off of just one season. But I, I think Brett has the coach's trust. Um, he plays a good game in both zones. Um, and he isn't, he's a nose for the net. Good passer. Good vision. Um, I could see it being him. 
This is my wild card. I, I think Phil Peel is going to be a winger. I, I yeah. think they like him best on the wing without the having to worry about the defensive responsibilities that center brings. When it helps, it helps to be able to move him up and down the lineup when he gets hot. Exactly. This is my uh, sleeper, my dark horse for the second center role. Capo Caco. We Kako, have heard a little bit about that. Yeah, Caco played a little center in uh, the Finnish league um, this past season, and he has growing up. I mean, ideally you want him on the wing, but he can play center. I could see a scenario where the Rangers are like, okay, let's have that top line. You know, make it Kreider, Heedle, and Sabanajad, or KZB it, whatever. Then you have Panarin, Kako in the middle, and Heedle on the second line. Um, You know, or you could switch it around. But I think in an ideal world, the Rangers want their top six to be Kreider, Buchnevich, Sabanajad, Panarin, Heedle, and Kako. That's Uh, so sexy. Yeah, it's beautiful if it works out. Kratsov is, you know, you're on your third line, um, and then you got, you know, mixed and matched with the rest of the lineup. Strom, Krat, you know, Kratsov already said Strom, uh, Nemestikov, Fast, the list goes on. Anderson, so, but that's a top six that the Rangers are gonna want. It would not surprise me at all to see them try at the very least, you know, come middle of the season. Try Kako at center on the second line. I agree. That's a good one. So, the last one from C. Schules. Uh, what do we do with our goalie situation, assuming Hank retires at the end of his contract? So, this is a tough one. And it's really hard to answer because of the unknown. So, next offseason is going to be the expansion draft for Seattle. As it stands right now, the Rangers are going to have to keep Georgiev unprotected. So, I think Georgiev is going to be probably the best goalie option that Seattle has. So, I could very well see them going and taking him. Um, Granted, right now, as it stands, the Rangers would need to protect Mark Stahl, Brendan Smith, Mark Stone and Brendan Smith in the expansion draft, which means one of two of Brady Shea, Jacob Truba, and Tony D'Angelo is going to be exposed. So that's why is I think Mark not on no move. No, he doesn't have a no move. Gotcha. At least not yet. Um, I, I don't remember later on in his contract, but not now he doesn't. So that's why I think that Smith and Saul will be gone at the end of this season. Um, just to make the expansion stuff work. Um, but I, I think Georgiev is gone, um, and just Jorkin will be the backup after this year, which, you know, it is kind of what it is um, with Lundqvist having one more year on this deal. I think just Jorkin's the guy uh, going forward. Um, what do you think, Garrett? Yeah, well, the the hardest thing for me about this question is that I don't I don't think that Hank retires at the end of this deal. I think that he signed maybe a pair of one-year deals or maybe, you know, just a single two-year deal at the end. You know, I, I already see you making a little bit of a face at me, but it's just like I, I just think that there, the the window for opportunity is still there. And even if he isn't the, 
you know, 60 game or 70, you know, even if he's not a, a 50-50 split with Shesterkin at that point, I think that he's going to want to be there for the next deep run. And I don't know if I see that happening before this contract is up. But nonetheless, if it's Shesterkin, if it's Georgiev, I'm comfortable with whoever we have in goal because whatever Ben Waller touches turns to gold. It's absolutely right. Um, at the end of Holmquist's contract, he'll be 39 years old. I don't think Goalies he... Goalies like fine wine sometimes, though. Yeah, but I'll put it to you this way. This if, year will be... If Georgiev isn't taking an expansion, Georgiev and Chestyorkin are still in the organization, this is Lundqvist's last contract. If one of them goes, I could see Lundqvist signing a one-year deal after this is over for a significantly, you know, significant pay cut. Um, but they also have guys like Tyler Wall and Adam Huska on the horizon. So, you know, and you never know. They have that, you know, Lindblom or whatever the hell that goalie's name cool is. Off. Yeah. So, you know, they got a lot of options there. I think Lundqvist has maybe – Two, two at most three years left. Well, I so like I, I said before, I think that this year will be huge because the talent level and the continuity throughout the lineup is still not, you know, to the point of a playoff contender. But we've seen Hank put teams on his back before, and we definitely have an improved roster from last year. So if we get to the point where we're, you know, fighting for a wild card spot or maybe even sneaking in as the third seed in the metro i i think that that would make me feel more inclined to believe that lunquist sticks around for another year or two if we see more of what we saw last year meaning you know kind of like mental lapses and you could just see the fatigue in his game and in his post game interviews that would make me believe that he's you know he's done at the end of his contract but i got two questions for you one lundquist related and one another one i'll I'll add to the mailbag do you think that there's any scenario where lundquist signs on with another team at the end of his contract he'll retire before he goes to another he's got too much pride he wants to be a ranger the you wouldn't want to ever play anywhere else that you know that would do something to his legacy in his eyes um and i would absolutely hate to see him play for another team um i agree so i i don't think so all right so then i'll i'm gonna add one question to the mailbag if the rangers are competing for a playoff spot say trade deadline is closing in and we're either in the in the wild card or you know four to six, you know four to eight points out of the wild card who would be the first Give me maybe the first two or three players you could see them trading away to bring in some reinforcements. Strom, Nemestikov. I mean, basically the same guys that we've yeah, talked about. Salary guys, that's not going to bring you back a ton. I don't think – I think the Rangers are at the point in their rebuild where the big ticket items are gone. I mean, the, the only guy that I could – Remotely see the Rangers trading that could bring back, you know, premier assets as Kreider. I I think they're going to bring him back, man. Um, well, what, I, you don't think that say something along the lines of like Anderson, you know, uh, maybe Niels Lundqvist, the defenseman, 
and like a goaltender, you know, one of those guys you had just spoken about. Like, oh, you don't so think are you? Will- are you? Oh, wait. So maybe I misunderstood. So are you saying the Rangers are on the brink of the playoffs? They're trying to make it. Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. I, I, I heard. I was thinking, you know, they saw the that. Um. Well, this is the thing with Louis Anderson. I mean, this year is huge for his value. Because yeah. I don't think his trade value is very great right now. He had a rough season last year. Um, now two years removed from being the seventh overall pick. To you know, I I think he'll still be a solid NHL player. Um, but and I'd be open to trading him just because he has so many fucking forwards. But you know, I don't I don't know about him. Um, U.S. Lundqvist I think will definitely be traded at some point i don't know it's i doubt it's next year i think it's probably two three years from now i don't know that he's ever going to suit up for the rangers but that's going to be a premium asset at the trade deadline that you're going to get on you think you know what we can make a deep playoff run let's go get a center because i think looking forward um at this team going forward i think center position is the one they're going to need to target um from outside resources Unless the Kako thing works at center. Who is the player that we said would eventually get traded for Connor McDavid? Was it Matthew Robertson? No, it was uh, the other guy that got drafted this year. Yeah, the dude that everybody was losing their shit about. The guy, uh, I was calling him Zay Jones. (laughs) Oh, uh, Zach Jones. Yep, that guy. That's it. Yeah. Okay. That we're we're gonna end up trading Zach Jones this year. I don't think it's this year. Again, I think it's a couple years from now. Um, I had a very specific projection that on our last episode, so you should go back and listen to that. Um, I don't remember what it was off the top of my head, but whatever it was, I still feel strongly about it. So you said he'll never play a game in a Rangers uniform. Yeah, but I and I. 100% still believe that. But I, I, there was a more specific thing I said. And I don't remember what it was, but it was good, and I believe it. So go check out that episode. You can listen yeah. to that on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you know, Google Play, Google Play. You know, uh, I don't fucking know. We're probably we're in a lot of damn places, Garrett. We're a hot commodity. You know it. So the last question this guy left us with we one of the it's twofold. We already answered part of it this episode with the point expectation for uh, Kako, but he wants to know as well, what's the point expectation for Vitaly Kratsov? I'm going to say 30 points. I think he'll yeah. be like a solid third liner, probably play 70 games. Um, he'll probably sit in the press box for a handful, just learning. Um and he's going to be with, you know, guys like Ryan Strom and Jesper Fast on the third and fourth line. So, yeah, I'm thinking 30 points. I think 30 is conservative. You know, maybe if he if he has a hot start to the season, you know, earns himself some power play time, I could see that creep up into the 40s. But I think that keeping it conservative on a player like him, especially with the addition of Kako, uh, that's, that's probably right in the range, right? I'd agree. Yeah, before Kako, I probably would have said like high thirties, 
But now, right. you know, this ice time isn't going to be nearly what we thought it was because you got a guy like him and you got Panarin. So that's top six, two top six roles that need to open up and minutes that need to be allocated that way. So I'm not sure. So the next question comes from Blue Line 7677. If there is a gun to your head and you're Jeff Gordon, which Russian do you trade? Kratzov or Shishjorkin? I think this one's obvious. You trade Shishjorkin and you don't think twice. Kratsov has potential to be a very good top six player. You have a guy in Georgiev and 86 other fucking goalies. As good as just Yorkin is, I'm trading him over Kratsov. Yep, I agree. That was a pretty easy one. Yeah. Painless. All right, only one of D'Angelo and Lemieux can be re-signed. Who do you sign? Um, (laughs) Talk about an easy question. Yeah, I listen, I love Tony D'Angelo, especially since he shot on Mets fans uh, the other night after the Mets lost to the Phillies on Sunday Night Baseball. That was great. I don't think it's as obvious as the last question, to be honest with you, because the Rangers now have Adam Fox on the right side. They have Keontre Miller, I believe, is also a right-handed defenseman. They got Jacob Trubo is a right-handed defenseman. You know, maybe they go out and they trade D'Angelo for a left-handed defenseman with more of a stay-at-home ability. I would hate that. I love D'Angelo, and I think the answer is D'Angelo. But I also think Brendan Lemieux actually could be a pretty important part of this team. Energy-wise, culture-wise, just bringing that different element to the team. But, you know, we both love both of these guys, the sandpaper elements of their game. So I'd say D'Angelo. I don't think it's a crazy question, though. No, I I mean, I I just think that it's so hard for me to envision getting proper value for either of them, especially considering the way that they will be used on the roster. Um, Just... You know, I, I haven't sold myself on loving Lemieux the same way I have D'Angelo. So for me, it's easy just because D'Angelo is, you know, probably a top, you know, top five player on the team for me right now. Top five on the team right now? Well, who, no, of who I like. I'm not saying like not top five talent. Okay. I'm saying top five of who I, you know, who I like on the team. I was going to be like, shit, I know you're in Colorado, but you shouldn't be uh, smoking all that much. Holy shit. Um, <laughs> but uh, the last question from uh, Blue Line seventy six seven seven. Um, theoretically, Lundqvist is outperformed significantly by both Georgiev and Shishjorkin. What do you do? I think you ride out the storm, but I I think it has to be a fifty fifty split at the minimum. Um, well, game wise, I, I think that. Lundqvist is his biggest critic you know so like if if there's a you know a, a scenario where both Shesterkin and Georgiev have gotten NHL starts because Lundqvist is fading or not you know not playing up to par I think that Lundqvist would be the first one to say like I'm not giving my team an opportunity to win and we need to be winning hockey games so uh I think that he he would be the one to take that into his own hands yeah um, and then the last question from Raz Barons. Um, how many games will each rookie how many games in will each rookie score their first goal? 
So who do we got? We got. So Kako, let's go down Kratos. the list. So we'll we'll start with Kako. Kako, I'll give him three games. You know what's funny? I was thinking three games as well. Three yeah. games for Kako until he scores his first NHL goal. Good. Um, then let's Kratos. see. Kratsov. I'm gonna say seven games for Kratsov. I think it's gonna take him a little bit more time. I've got the under on that one. I, I I'm I think Kraftsov, we could see him score in the first couple of games too. Like I, I would not be surprised if he scores on opening night because if he is on the third or the fourth line, think about the competition he's gonna be playing against. You know, like that that's a huge advantage for somebody like him when we've talked about how Kako is, you know, shouldering all of the pressure of the incoming rookies. If Kraftsov has, you know, a good preseason, a good training camp. I, I don't see any reason why against third and fourth liners he, he can't be a force. And then the last one, because I think Lieber Hayek has scored his first NHL goal, if I'm not mistaken. I think it was the game that he got hurt last year he scored a goal. Um, I'll double-check that real quick. Uh, yes, he did score one goal, so I'm not going to do him. But Adam Fox, I'm going to say 13 games. Yeah, that so I, I I'm a little bit closer to what you were thinking on Kraftsov. I could see somewhere in like the seven to ten range. Uh, it him too, you know. It, it kind of depends on how much power play time he gets, and it's gotten a little bit. Yeah, it's you know it's it's gotten a little bit crowded with Truba, D'Angelo, and Fox. They're all going to be, you know, pieces that need to have power play time. But uh, I don't know it, I, that power play it. That gives me some sort of tingles thinking about how fun it may end up being if things click right away. It's definitely going to be a lot more interesting than it was last year. Rangers' first actual preseason game will be at the Garden on the 18th against the New Jersey Devils. So, can't wait for that. So, that's all the Rangers-related things I have. Thank you guys for submitting questions to the mailbag. We'll be doing plenty more of these. Um, and make sure you give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. That will help us um, going forward. So, I think that's it for tonight because me and Garrett are literally just both dead. Um, before the season starts, I do think we want to start getting back on a once-a-week schedule. Um, we'll have some Traverse City to talk about next week. I wanted to talk about some fantasy football stuff this week, but we're both dead. I'm not going to get into that, although I will say my teams are all looking pretty fucking great. Same thing with my fantasy baseball team that's in the playoffs. Shout out to the Delgado Island Misfits. That's a long story for another day, the team name. But that's all I got. Uh, What do you got to say, Garrett? I'm excited to be back. I'm ready to get back on that schedule like you were talking about and uh, ready for hockey season to start. Let's fucking do it, man. All right. We'll see you guys next week. Peace out.